Hey, folks, welcome back. Another great episode today. We've got a realtor and a real estate investor from our nation's capital, Ottawa, Ontario. We've got Varden Sangar. And Varden has got a lot of experience with a number of different real estate investing strategies. And one of the things I like about Varden is his turn on words. So when I asked Varden, what do you think would be a good title for today's interview? He said, hey, Money, People, Napkin, Numbers, and The Deal, which is a take on Stefan Arneo's Money, People, Deal book. And Varden has his own little unique twist on that. So, hey, great to meet you, Varden, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Dave. It's really exciting moment for me. Big fan of you. Have been following your journey since a long time. So always a big fan of you and always thought of being on this podcast. So it's a very good uh, reality coming into the things uh, that I'm in your show today. So everything is going fine. Uh, weather is a little bit humid, I will say, here in Ottawa. But so uh -huh. far, yes, everything is going great and wonderful. Well, good to have you on the show. So Varden, for, let, let's let people know a little bit about your journey. So um, I hear an accent. I don't think you were born and raised in Ottawa. Where are you from originally? And then how did you get started with real estate investing? Yes, so I was born in India in a very small town, uh, Kapurthala of Punjab in the northern India. So mm -hmm. that's where I belong from. So I'm an immigrant. I came to Canada in 2017 as Masters of Computer Science student. Uh -huh. But honestly, computer science was not my cup of tea. I was already aware. But the only way of coming to Canada was studied. So, but one thing was very clear that is real estate, because I was always big fan of seeing boards and everything, sold sign, sale sign, but I was not at all aware what the heck is going on. So <laughs> that that's that was my actually motivation for coming into real estate. When I see like, okay, here, there is a lot of marketing and people are doing things like that. So yeah. honestly, I was having no idea what I'm coming into. But yes, I was very excited seeing so, people. So like did you me. did you get started as a realtor first and then get into investing? Or did you start investing first and then become a realtor? No, I become investor first. Okay. Uh, yes. So I started researching with people, working with contractors, because as you said, the title, it's money, people, and deal. So very important thing in this crux is people. Money and deal is something you can make someone excel in it, but people managing thing is one of the most important. So how I started is I started finding contractors and wanted to see how the houses look in Canada because okay. me being from India, I have never heard how the basement looks like. So right. that was big. The challenge was I was not even aware. And being a student, I live in apartments where you cannot dodge inside the real idea of what the house looks like. Okay. So that's how I entered in the real estate. Started so, working. well, no, I still don't get it. You, so you went, you talked to contractors and what did you do? Just ask them if you could tour around and take a look at properties as they were building them. Did yes. you work, did you work in construction for a while or, or what did that look like? Yes. So during my student time for six, yeah. seven months, I worked with contractors for free, making sure I get to know about the ideas, like how the things are done. What are the basic materials in the house? how the 1970s, 80s, 90s, 2000 and, 2000 and currently 2023, what's the construction differences are coming because that's the easiest way for me to understand the dynamics and internal dynamics of the house. So I started- So you worked, you worked for free? 
Yes, I worked so for what did, what did that look like? What were you doing for these contractors? So what I was doing was uh, doing drywalling for them, doing paintings for them. But in this way, I made connection for more structural things with electricians, yeah. with flooring people, with countertop people, with staging people. Because when I was working on those houses and I get more connection of the people who are in the industry. So that gives sure. me more better vision like oh, okay, so, it's not so just how did people. how did that conversation go Varden? You, you just called up a contractor and said hey I, are you looking for any labor i'll give you some free or or how did you get it how did you get your foot in the door okay so honestly i first of all reached with some big investors in the city but there was no help from there so that was the easiest way for a student to approach someone in a business and okay. the easiest out of them was contractors so i started and searched on google like who are the painters who are the tiling guys who are the flooring guys and started meeting those guys and at that time i was also in need of money because you are just immigrant and you have to pay your fees so Everyone was like, okay, we don't want the labor who is not experienced enough and we have to take your liabilities and everything. So the only option after talking with everyone was like, okay, let's work free. At least you get to know one aspect of the real estate that is contractors and everything, like what exactly go in the back. So I talked with them, see my uh, requirement is to know the business, to know exactly how the house is constructed, and if not constructed, at least the internals of the house, because that is very important. If I'm investing into something and I don't understand what's there in the back, in the black box, and it's not transparent to me, there is no point of getting into it. So that was my first step into the real estate is meeting contractors and and, and, and then, working for free, and then eventually. Once they saw that you're doing a good job, then you could get paid for your time because you were a student. You needed to pay your tuition. You needed to put food on the table, all that kind of stuff. Were you working for free the whole time or did you eventually? No, no, no. I, 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 I eventually left uh, working free and I even didn't work for a longer duration. My purpose of working with the people was to know how the things are done, Understood. where the cheap suppliers are and yeah. how to save the money and what are the renovations which makes more money because that was something you don't easily get out of people because everyone coaches right now. So you yeah. pay and I don't have money at that time. So that was the only way of approaching and getting free information. Yeah. All right. Very good. So you provided value in exchange for on-the-job training. Okay. So you did that for a while. You, you learned about it. Then how did you get into actively investing in deals? What did that look like? So after spending one and a half years with all these odd jobs, meeting new people, uh, then I hired a coach. So Rasna Arora, she, she, was, she was my coach at that time. So mm -hmm. I joined with Black Card University. It was mm -hmm. just a three-month course for flipping, but flipping was something never my piece of taste. So I was not interested in flipping because also my financials were not like that where I get loans and do the flipping and give money back to investor. So I yeah. joined flipping course, which means I joined wrong course. First of all, I was not that much into flipping knowledge. Yeah. Into flipping. Yeah. But in those three months, I was very much properly coached. And then I ended up buying my first property and I was not permanent resident at that time. I was on work permit. What yeah. was the first property that you purchased and how were you able to do that, Varden? Yes. So the first property which I purchased, it was in 2020. 
and I was I was on work permit and I was not even having 20% down at that time. Mm-hmm. And so one of the person suggests to me is get some money from India, which was not the case at that time. So my parents helped me with 10, 20,000 grand. So then I went to the university where I studied. So I have a good groups over there and the people who recall me and remember me after my full-time job. So I reached out to them. So I found seven friends who trust on me. Each of those seven friends gave me $5,000. So I started saving that money. Like, okay, let's, you guys invest on me. I will give you 10% interest, which means on every $5,000, I have to pay $500. So I was all prepared for it. Like, okay, every month, this is what the interest is going to be coming. And I was prepared. So seven of those people gave me $35,000 to $40,000. So I used other people's money, make sure I give them back on the promissory notes. And so it was new thing for the students as well at that time. But mm-hmm. having a good coach and having a back, you get to know like, okay, these are the things you can easily do. And at the same time, give return to people. But you have so now money. What's the deal? What was the property you bought, Pardon. But so I, so I bought a property. It's a 1957 semi-detached house, uh-huh. uh, fully fixer upper, and there were drug addicts, the drug addicts living in the basement, and a mentally retarded person living on the upper level. So the property. Where was, was where was the property? So property was in Carlington in Ottawa. In Ottawa. Yeah, yeah, near to Westboro. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you bought a, a definitely a fixer upper. Yes. And what did you do with the property? You bought, so you bought this, your parents helped you out a little bit of money. You got your, your five friends, no, seven friends to put in five grand each. So you got, got the capital. He came up with the money for the down payment. Did, was that enough for the renovation costs as well? Or or what did you do? So this money, which my friends gave to me, I used it for renovations because that 30 to 35,000 of renovation was good enough as per my numbers to bring it back. But the biggest challenge was not even the renovation. It was getting the tenants out because Mm. one was not mentally fit. Another were drug addicts. That was the motivation of seller. So with the help of cash for keys, I was able to get rid of them. Wow. So they need place, they need extra money. And I need that deal because we bought the deal 60,000 below the listing price on MLS. So Uh, that deal is still there on MLS. It was listed for 380 and we got it for 318. Very nice. Very nice. All right. So you paid the the tenants to get out of there. Were you going to be staying in the property yourself? Were you going to be living in that? Yes. Yeah. So I was, that's the way uh, that you're able to get in with 5% down. So you didn't need a lot of money for the down payment. Yes. So right. because I was doing house hacking. So yeah. there were five bedrooms, three bathrooms. Nice. So I lived in the den. That was the smallest bedroom in that house because yeah. I don't want to pay rent for that house. So other five people, they were living. They were all university people, not students, but graduate who are working in Kanata or in IT. Because right. I don't want to spoil the house. Because in house hacking, when you do the student rentals, you spoil what renovations you do. So mm-hmm. I act smart because we were closer to the IT hub of Canada, Kanata. So I rent single room, each room for $700 to those people. So I was making more than my mortgage and was living free. Very nice. All right. Yeah. So that's how you got started. Were, and at what point did you become a realtor yourself, Arden? 
So I bought three properties before becoming a realtor. So it's been now almost, I will say, seven months I'm a realtor. So uh -huh. after doing three investment properties, then I became realtor. Yeah. Okay. So maybe tell me, tell us a little bit about the second and third properties. Were these also uh, renovation type properties or what did they look like? Yes. So the second property was uh, a bungalow with in-law suite in it. Uh -huh. So now my purpose was to make more rent and then the same price because only the basement units can provide you that facility where you can separate the units and rent the place to two separate people. Mm -hmm. So the another issue was, again, I was still not a permanent resident, but my good luck at that time, there were no regulations like non-PR person cannot buy the property. So right. I bought my second property also as a non-PR. Mm -hmm. So... Non-PR means non-permanent resident, correct? Yes, on work permit. Yes. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Non-PR is non-permanent resident. of. And now where did you raise capital for that one as well? Yes. So this was joint venture agreement. So when yeah. people saw like I was able to refinance and pull my entire money within a seven months in my previous deal, that is the, my first deal. And I paid back everyone's money and I was renting and living free. So mm -hmm. out of those uh, seven people who give me $5,000, two of them showed up. Why don't you do this for us? So they had a trust like, okay, this guy took him seven months, paid our money back and not right. ours for everyone. So what did you do? So I explained them, this is what I do, but you are two people, then why not buy a bigger bungalow? Because then you have two, one unit for each of you, you can buy it and we can renovate it. If you guys want to live in it, you live, you pay the rent or else we may we'll make it a rental property. Okay, so, so you you did a joint venture with those two people, yes. and how did you how did you share the equity in that property? They put it all of the money, you brought in the deal, you brought in the people, you brought in the team, everything. How yes. did you split the equity? So the equity was sixty forty. So I was purely work partner from realtor, contractor, mortgage agent, finding the deal, numbering the deal, napkin numbers, any labor work, any kind of renovations in their place. I give commitment to them. I'm going to be taking care of all your work things. And yeah. entire mortgage and entire money was from them. Like, so they were- So, so they got 60% and you got 40%. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, that sounds that sounds pretty fair on a, on a deal like that. Yes. Excellent. And then what did the third one look like? Pardon? So, so the third one is another uh, single family only. That's a pure rental. Uh, so that that's one another is uh, student rental or I will say IT professional rentals and that one I specifically bought in Kannada so mm -hmm. that that can be used as a uh, room rental because in bad times like this I bought this property because interest rates were getting high so mm -hmm. the target out of it was getting it at lower price but yeah. at the same time getting out of this time as well after buying the asset getting out of what I'm sorry getting out of this hard times where mortgage rates are high. So that's why I bought that student rental so that we can meet up the mortgages and even make money on the top of it. Yeah. Okay. So is it a student rental or is or are you renting it out to IT people? Yes. So there is a term student rental, but I hate giving it to students, to be honest. So I still call it student rental, but bachelor IT professionals, which I mean, single occupant in each room. Yeah. Yeah. That's really that. I think that's a really good idea, Vard. And uh, and I, I've I've interviewed a number of people. Well, I shouldn't say a number. I've interviewed a couple of people doing something similar these days, 
One guy, I believe is in Ottawa as well, is doing something really interesting. Same idea. He doesn't want student rentals. He's renting it out by the room, but he's taking it up to the next level. So he's making these rooms really nice, like pretty much soundproof. So you cannot hear anybody else in the house virtually. Then he puts up a massive full screen TV, big, massive TV in there, little portable fridge, microwave oven in, in the rooms. As, and then they have shared shared kitchen, but hardly anybody uses it. Yes. Shared. I, I think he took the living room out and just had, turned that into another room as well. So he took a single family home and he does it more like a rooming house kind of an idea. But if I recall correctly, the amount he's charging per room is the equivalent of a one bedroom apartment in the city. That's how nice they are. Plus, because it's a rooming house and it's not a normal month to month rental, if somebody doesn't, if he needs to evict somebody, he can evict them like that. And that's part of the reason why he's he's not as fussy about you know, credit reports and, and all of the references and all these kind of things for his tenants, because worst case scenario, he can kick them out very, very quickly. So that might be something if you're, if you're living in any of these properties that you might look at is turning your, your house hack into a, um, a, a rooming house type thing and really kicking up the, uh, yes, the revenue from their property. Yes, so that's that's very good uh, example you have given, and specifically being closer and when you choose IT rentals. So the important thing is when you provide them everything, each room gives you thousand dollar or nine hundred dollars. So which means yeah. if you have five rooms and you set up the standard of the house in such a way, like it looks like an Airbnb property, there is yeah. no way you don't get rent of like eight hundred, nine hundred dollars for a single room. That's yeah, very easy. Definitely. Yeah, very the, the, definitely. Yeah, the strategy is to find the place which is very close to the IT hub because that will make it rent right away. Yeah, smart. And you and you understand that that market inside out. You were one of those guys, or at least you were studying to be one of those guys. So you know that very, very well. Very cool. So now you become a, a real estate agent as well. Why did you decide to do that, Arden? So, so many reasons. So... I have seen people before buying a car, they drive 20 cars, they, they test drive 20 times, they have all the feature list in their hand just for a 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 or $80,000 car. And when you're buying a house, no one wants to talk about it. Maybe it's boring. Maybe no one wants to research about it. Or yeah. maybe people get bored when someone gives lecture on housing. So one of my major reason was if you have a smart realtors, investor oriented realtors, you don't need coaches, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's what the purpose of realtor is. If he knows the issues in the house, if he knows how the numbers are done, and if he knows whether it's right for his client's current situation or not, then you don't need coaches. Then people don't need someone to pay and then learn how to invest because that's the duty of a realtor to tell a client, is it a profitable? Does it make sense with your current situation and how much it's going to get sell for and how much your profit's going to be? So people roam around reading books and doing all this stuff to become an investor. Then why not you go to an investor-oriented realtor? He explains you in the same fees you are paying him, the same commission you are paying him. 
and then go out, use all his connections and do the things. So these together two reasons were very important. First of all, people are bored of real estate. They don't want to talk about real estate. Why? That's 500, 600, $1 million a set you are buying, one of the biggest decisions of your life, and you are still engrossed in the cars. So maybe realtors make it boring. Maybe their way of is different. But when I meet with my clients, I make sure they know what I know when they buy the house. So that was very important reason because when I hire realtors, there was no guidance. Okay, this is good. This is the maximum itself for put the offer, finish. You are not telling anything to that person and he's bringing a lot of money. So that's why it's boring. That was one of the reasons if you know. Well, so you think you, you think that a lot of people see it as boring? I don't, I don't know. I, I think if somebody wants to call themselves a real estate investor, they better get educated. They better not be bored with real estate or they're not an investor. They're a speculator. They're an amateur that's just looking to get their their butt kicked big time by the market. Now, if they partner with somebody like you as, as an intelligent, educated, uh, investor-focused realtor, yes, that's helpful. However, you cannot delegate everything to somebody else if you want to call yourself a professional. Now, I do, I do like your idea, Varden, of being focused on working with real estate investors my gut, and then this is just me, this is just my opinion, right? My gut is that it's so much easier for you to work with real estate investors who already have a clue, who already have an idea versus trying to take a newbie who's too cheap to get educated or to get coaching and try to teach them everything as you help them buy a property. I that's that's I mean do do whatever you want to want to do I I get I get the marketing side of things I've I'm just an old guy that's been around around all of this for a long time and my experience has been if somebody is too cheap or too frugal or too I don't uh, <laughs> I'm trying to be politically correct. Well, bottom line, if they're too dumb to get some, whether you don't have to necessarily pay for education, right? You can now, especially nowadays between podcasts and YouTubes and the library and, and everything, there is all of the information is out there, but you, you can't just delegate everything to other people and expect to be successful. Yes, That's, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, that makes sense. But I guess uh, you take me wrong. I might be in hearing. So what I meant was not investor. I meant is first time home buyers because ah, the, big difference when, there. Yeah, big difference then, there. Yeah, for yes, sure. So they know nothing about a house. They just emotionalize, take a decision on the basis of a realtor. And when then you ask, like, from where does your water shut off? They don't even know, and they have paid everything for that. Right. Uh, yeah. So that is important, right? In these hard times, people are buying better houses when you give them solution. Okay, have an in-law suite in the basement that pays your mortgage and you're living in one of the best houses. Whereas a dumb person can suggest them buy cheap or maybe buy right. now right? I so, get it. So investor orientation. So give them a mindset like okay, buy a big house that helps your future generation. But at the same time, you are not paying for it and you are not house poor, 
rather mm-hmm. than sending them to some 1960s condominium which will not sell properly and that will not make money to that first time home buyers so giving them that flavor of investment is important then only there will be more i will say trend of real estate investing because it's just the basic investors invest but other people you should tell them what investment is and then they take wiser decisions in comparison to just emotionalize home buying i that i agree with 100% that makes a lot of sense the other thing you might consider varden which would be a beautiful combination and i'm sure you're already doing this is really focusing in on the new canadian market right people that are coming to canada to live to work to become permanent residents to become citizens that market is big this i mean we're 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 inviting in hundreds of thousands of of new canadians a lot of them are staying in ontario a lot of them are staying in in ottawa you are a perfect example of what they can aspire to when it comes to real estate like you you've got you've got a perfect story for that so i think but with that combination of showing them because those people i don't think get bored but showing those people how things work and how they can maximize their opportunity and how they can really create an amazing future for their families that's that's a real easy in versus trying to deal with people that are born and raised in Canada, they're, they're kind of got the blinders on, like they're easily bored. Does that yes. make sense? So I yes, think you get even sense. bigger bang for your buck, just really focusing on those people. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. Well, that is wonderful. Varden. congratulations. I wish you much continued success. If people would like to connect with you, uh, what's the best way for them to do that? And I recommend maybe just give them one main way to, to connect with you. What's the best? So, so the best way to connect with me is put my name on the Google, search me on Instagram, search me anywhere, whichever social networking site you want to search me, you will find me. Because my purpose of getting into real estate, one thing is to educate because people are not aware. So where whichever social network, go to Twitter, wherever you search my name, you will find me. But the best way to reach out to me is on Instagram. So you can reach out. Krishna buys and sells houses or Vardhan Sangar on Instagram. You're very close in contact with me now. Yeah. Fantastic. Varun. Well, great chatting with you and keep up the good work. I can't see where I can't wait to see where you're going to be in the next two or three years. Thank you so much. Big fan of you and coming out of your mouth. It's a big, big uh, compliment to me. And I make sure definitely looking forward to connect with you. Thank you so much. It was really nice talking with you, Dave. Likewise, Varden. All right, everybody, take care. We'll talk to you on the next episode.